podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, it's Thursday afternoon and not only am I joined by JP Mason, we've also got Jarrett Hill from Celtic Down Under, how are you doing gentlemen? Doing good Paul. You know, it's the chills, it's the tribulations, uh, JP, I'm just glad that you're here mate, um, obviously you're a busy, busy man, first I'm going to have to ask you, um, that jersey, you've, you've <laughs> buckled, you've buckled, you've bought it. <laughs> there was no buckling about it, I told you I liked it from the start. And I was going to get it with no sponsor. There it is. I, I saw it uh, in the in the flesh on Tuesday night for the first time. Didn't have an issue with it. Saw plenty of people in the stadium wearing it. Uh, I, I I still don't understand the furore over it. It's, it's people chucking toys at the pram for absolutely no reason. I'm one of the people. I'm chucking toys at a pram. JP, you, you allow the wavy lines. Next thing, it's going to be zigzags, mate. Then it'll be vertical stripes. Then the hoops will be gone. Honestly, <sighs> give them an inch. Give them an inch. Um, I've got to concede, it does look better in the live setting. Jared, where are you with the hoops? I was the only one on Celtic Down Under who actually liked it from day one. And I said to the guys, you know what this will be? 20 years' time, that'll be a cult classic outfit much like the old people's ones and those sort of logos that you look at in the CR Smiths and that sort of stuff. It's like some people didn't like some of the ones from the 90s. I grew up liking them back then and I look, I love a bad shirt and I'm looking at that going, that's a future cult classic. Well, the first time I met JP, he was wearing a cult classic that was much derided at the time and that was the Jazzy Away strip, the People's Ford one you were talking about, Jared, with the, the zigzags on it, JP. I'll remember it well because it was an original I remember having it back in the day um, at high school as well. And it has. It's become something that you now see at the games. You would never have thought that was going to be the case. So I totally get it. Um, but on the subject of jerseys, just in case you're wondering why we're banging on about jerseys, we've got a game coming up in a couple of days. Um, we have decided there was a lot of you know Celtic tops lying about the, the studio and that. And then a few people came in and they gifted us a few tops. So um, I started getting autographs on them when we were doing events or if we were interviewing ex-players and stuff like that. But I wasn't doing it that stringently, JP. So I probably could have had every one of them with 30 signatures on them. Um, We've probably got a few that are filling up nicely. The rest of them have got maybe single digits and we're moving into um, doing a couple of uh, live events coming up in the next few months. We're going to get them signed and we're going to keep getting them signed and we're going to keep collecting jerseys and getting them signed and then we're going to get them framed up and auctioned off for charity because everybody loves a signed Celtic jersey. So the reason I'm saying that is if you do come along to an Axom gig, if you want to punt your jerseys this way that you don't use, it's not so that we can fire them on eBay and make money from them. We're going to get them signed up, framed up, and then we're going to auction them off live for charity. Now, I know, JP, I'm not going to get any of your jerseys. You love your jerseys. You're an aficionado of the Celtic jersey. But sometimes I see it. People, you know, maybe send them away 
to far off lands for the Bairns or they'll give them a charity. But we're going to be doing that moving forward as well to raise some funds. Now, we've got the game coming up in a couple of days. Jared, how are you feeling about the squad at this stage? I think it's good enough for the domestic league, but for Europe, there's still a few spots. I'd, if in an ideal world, I'd love us to go and spend not copious amounts like the 15, 20 million some people are talking about on mine, but if we could get a few, like two or three players in, at, in key positions or certain positions, you know, like goalkeeper potentially or right and left back, those are the main ones for me that are jumping off the page. I think centre-back, or look, talking about it last on our pod, there's six, we've got six centre-backs at the club. We don't really need to strengthen that now in the Rockies in the club unless someone leaves. Midfield is overloaded with players. We've got to get a few people out, like fringe players, like Sorrow and your McCarthy's and that sort of stuff. Mm. I think Maeda is going to be more used as a striker the way he plays for Japan and the way we've seen him over here, like in the Asian Champions League and that sort of stuff and over at Yokohama, I think he's more the Vardy type playing on the corner and putting in, getting in behind, which is going to suit playing as a striker better under Brendan than it would under Ange. So the question is, where does Burner Bay fit? Mm. And what's Joe Hart's, um, what's his long-term situation? Are we going to get someone to challenge him for the number one jersey? Well, you know this, I, I said during the week there, JP, it might have been actually after the game, that the positions that we're identifying, and a lot of us are saying on the show, goalkeeper, I'm saying left back, left wing, um, we're, we've spoken about centre-halves, bringing in another centre-half. I think we tried to replace some of these guys. You know, Segrist came in, Kobayashi came in, Bernabe came in, but it didn't seem to work out, JP, and that, that has created a problem because I'm now at a stage where if you're going to bring in a goalkeeper, I don't see there being a point in bringing in a backup. So bring in one who's going to be challenging Joe Hart for his gloves. If you're going to bring in a left-back, make sure that left-back's pushing for Greg Taylor's jersey, not just to become a number two. Uh, what about yourself? Are you quite relaxed, JP, about the business we've done? We've brought five players in. Uh, Brendan has said that we're, you know, we're not going to be bringing anybody else in until post-Ross County. What's your feelings on it? Well, I only, <clears throat> can only really base what I think about the new signings on the little... I saw of them the other night and Quan certainly didn't cover himself in glory. Um it was it was uh, it wasn't the best performance, was it? I mean, I think that guy will probably have gone home that night and had a very, very restless night's sleep. Um if he was thinking but I mean I, completely different, but I know how I feel if I've had a, a poor game on a Tuesday night at uh, Tory Glen playing sevens and uh, it affects me. I can only imagine what it must be like as a professional football player making a debut in front of a home, a fairly sizable, thankfully sizable home crowd on Tuesday night. And uh, he had one to forget, but I'm not in the in the, the train of thought that you're just going to write that guy off just based on that. Um, pretty much the same way as I think about Joe Hart. I mean, the knives really seem to be out for Joe Hart. Mm. Uh, it's it's ramped up a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, any mistake that a guy makes, it's just like get rid of him. He's done, um, but he's not allowed to make saves and redeem himself. Hatati made a horrendous mistake to give away the ball for the for the opening goal. Redeems himself for the goal. I mean, is that not how it works? Like you can you can make a mistake as long as you're doing something to make up for it. So. Um, Yang looked, I think, quite lively on the wing. Um, yeah. And 
and uh, Rocky as well looked a, a pretty assured. Looked very like Simonovic actually. My me and my pal Chris. I, I agree with that. Yeah, next. definitely. So I looked, looked a bit like Jozo. Hopefully, he doesn't have a similar uh, <laughs> similar yeah, history, uh, history of injuries as Simonovic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I'm still a bit kind of trying to get my head round everything that's gone on with Celtic in the last couple of months. It, it was really, really surreal to be there on Tuesday. And it was the first game I'd been at at Celtic Park since the 22nd of April. Um, the last game I was at Celtic Park was the one-each draw with Motherwell when Van Veen scored the equaliser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to, to go back to that point and tell me that Jota would have gone to Saudi Arabia for twenty-five million. Brendan Rodgers would be in the dugout. It's, 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 it feels like someone's just sort of, yeah, put me in uh, a DeLorean or something. And <laughs> it was a very, very strange experience. But it was great to be back. And um, I have to say that the, the team played well in the second half. And if that was a so-called, I don't think it was really the second string. I don't think you could really say that because. There was still a few key play- players missing, but mm-hmm. um, I thought they played really well in the second half and up against a seemingly good Atletico Bobao team. Um, at least that's what I was led to believe going into the game that they were they were not, not a bad side and they looked okay. So I, I'm not, I'm maybe not of the chain of thought that I think that <clears throat> we should be going out and spending crazy amounts of money. And it was quite good to hear Brendan Rodgers sort of dampen that uh, that thought. Because I don't think I think we're still quite a way, a way away from spending fifteen to twenty million pound on a single player. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that, despite our finances being really healthy, I just don't think that's like he said. I don't think that's the kind of way the club works. Um, and kind in a, in, a, in a sort of way, I, I'm kind of glad about that. Like I, because we get it thrown at us all the time about how, how we've got so much money and we just buy the league and all this this sort of thing. So if we did go out and hose 15 million on a player, it would be, yet yeah, again, it would just give ammunition to all the fans of other clubs to be like, oh, well, of course you won the league or of course you won the treble because you just you bought a player for 15 million. I, I like seeing us going and getting guys like Maeda for one and a half and then them proving to be brilliant signings. And on Maeda, by the way, there was one point where he went down the wing um, must have been the first half and the normal Maeda thing is he'll fly down the wing and then put in maybe one out of seven or eight of his crosses will be will be good but he always seems to sort of miss everybody but he chopped back and went on his right foot and hit a shot and I think that was the first time I'd seen him do that you know potentially forever so um, I'm excited to see as Jared said what Brendan Rodgers gets out of him potentially in a different position. Yeah, yeah, because he does use his wingers slightly differently, JP, uh, when you compare to um, how Ange Postecoglou deployed them. And I'm also looking forward to seeing how that affects Abada. I think Abada has been very impressive in the pre-season. But going back to the, the point you made around buying big, I think the cautionary tale, and this isn't even in the same ballpark as the figures you've mentioned, um, were the signings of a Yeti and Barkas, because it does not guarantee you that that player is going to stick, he's going to blend into the team and he's going to be a success. But I think we've done really well when we've just stuck to our own strategy. And if that strategy um, allows you to push the envelope, if a player becomes available like Eduard, as he did first time round for Brennan Rodgers, but it means that we need to buy a player for £9 million, 
you know, the thing with that is just about, if not all of the, the signings that have cost us more than a couple of million quid, you know, Starfelt, you'd get your money back on them at least, wouldn't you? Kyogo, of course you would. You know, uh, Cat Vickers. So the, the guys that we've spent bigger money on, is you know, it's not as though they've been they're ever going to be regarded as flops. So they're almost safe bets. And Cat Vickers in that respect, we'd seen them for a year, so we knew what we were getting. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, for example, we're in the hunt for a player, Jared, and the six to eight million pound bracket is what we were kind of looking at and we brought him in because, I mean, Novroski comes in, he reminded me of Jozo as well, JP, and, you know, 4.3, it's almost like an under-the-radar sign. That's, that's a big investment for Celtic, 4.3 million quid. It's not um, a huge amount less than the likes of a Yeti that you think, wow, 5 million, what an absolute waste of money that is. So we have invested, but it's just about being cute with that investment. And the first four players, in particular, I want to talk to you, you, Jared, about Tellio because he's the one that uh, JP and I haven't had an opportunity to see, other than maybe show reels on YouTube, etc. Um, and, and I want to talk about the signings and uh, the impression they've made over the preseason. But before we go into the ones we have seen, tell us a wee bit more about Tilly. Where do you see him uh, in this Celtic side and in his first season? Is he going to be one of these guys, Jared, who's just getting you know acquainted with the game? Can you see him becoming a regular this, this season? I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Like for me, like we all know how Liam was banging on about Maeda and for ages before he came to Celtic, the first time I put eyes on Tilly, I'm like, I would love him at Celtic. And this was when he was maybe 17, mm. 18 years old. So he's just very one of the most exciting young players to come out of Australia. Everyone's saying, oh, he's a right winger because that's where he played last year, mainly for Melbourne City. But the problem was he had Australian internationals on the left wing and on the and as a striker in front of him and in the 10. So basically he was playing out of position and he did well there. But for me, I'll look at it and go, I think left wing in the Scott Sinclair sort of position for Rogers, where he plays on the left, comes back in onto his right foot, is a perfect spot for him. I think he'll be uh, – ideally, if we look at it, our options at left wing are – what do we got? Play Maeda out of position when he's a striker mm-hmm. or you got Tilio or Mikey Johnson. If those are your options, Maeda gets a start – but then as a backup slash pushing him for that starting spot, unless we bring someone else in over the top of it, by the end of the season, Tilly will be in and around the mix of being, you know, either on the bench or starting every week. This is the thing, though, I guess, because, JP, when I'm thinking about where we need to strengthen, I've been mentioning left wing because I look at Maeda. Like Jared says, not his favoured position, but Maeda's a first pick on the left. And then behind him, what have you got? Well, James Forrest can play out of position. He's done that this preseason. You've got Haksabanovic, who hasn't impressed on the left wing for me. And you've got Mikey Johnson, who is perennially injured. You know, you just never know if he's going to come back. And if he does, if he's going to get loaned out, I certainly don't see him playing a, a massive part. And I probably overlooked the fact that Tilio could be that guy. He could be the player that you're looking at and thinking, well, we don't need to go and spend seven or eight million quid on a, on a winger um, in the mould of Jota. Uh, because we've we've got Tilio, and although he's not going to be playing every week, you know, in, in a year's time with the development under Brennan Rodgers, he could well be that player. So it's easy for us to say chuck money at something, but it doesn't always work that way. And I think we're being a lot cuter this preseason, and I'm not that concerned about it either, JP. Not really, not. And the thing with Tilio is as well, although he's a, an unknown quantity, um, if we are to fully believe that everything's changed and it's not 
we're not in sort of terminado world, um, then Ben Rogers has looked at the reports and the the scouting of this guy and, and given his blessing for the signing. So Ben Rogers, by and large, when it's his players, he's clearly got a good record with his own signings. It was only when being presented with guys that he had no idea about, clearly, um, that things started to slide. So if he's put his uh, rubber stamp on Tilio, then I've got faith that the guy will, will produce the goods for Celtic. I mean, I, I'm not going to come out with outlandish claims about what he's going to do when I've not seen him play, but I just, I'm basing it on what I, what I know Brendan Rodgers has been like in the transfer market in, in, in previous years on, at various different clubs, at Leicester mm-hmm. as well, and the players that he sanctioned for them to sign. So I'm excited on based on what Jared said. If, if, if he set eyes on him at 17 and said, I want to see him playing for Celtic, then then that, that's that's good enough for me. Just the same way as I was excited when I heard Liam talking about Rio Hatate and Dyson Maeda before they came, long before they were even, you know, touted with a move, he was going on about them. So, um, trust the process, etc. <laughs> you trust this process and you trust the specialists, like you say. I mean, Jada's watching Australian football, Liam's watching Japanese football, and that's why it's great to get you guys on, Jared. Um, I want to talk a wee bit about the guys that were brought in the door, where we see the team or how we see the team lining up against Ross County, because we know we're not going to have anybody else in before that particular game. I want to have a look at some of the comments Brendan's made um, throughout the... How many games have we played now? Half a dozen? Aye? Two in Portugal, two in Japan, and then Wolves and James yeah. Forrest's testimonial. So half a dozen games. And his kind of reaction to um, the Celtic fans' reaction to his return, his homecoming. But also, we want to have a wee look about how VAR is going to look this season as well. And obviously, the the strap line, just when we thought VAR couldn't get any worse. Um, I was trying a, a kind of movie poster headline for one of your favourite movies, if not your favourite movie, JP, in Jaws. And by the way, there it is. I did see... Sorry for the digression, but I did see the um, Dead Man's Shoes, bizarrely enough, is 20 years old. And they're, they're doing a screening with a Q&A with Shane Meadows and all that, but it's down south, JP. So I don't know if you can work that one into your diary. 20 years old, that movie is. That's terrifying. That's, mm. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen that film, it's well worth it. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Shane Meadows when he came to, remember I told oh, you. that's and, right. Uh, touched to do that video with Liam Gallagher so um, great guy um, signed my copy of uh, the D- Dead Man's Shoes Blu-ray as well because guess what I'm a geek <laughs> and I took it with me to get it signed but uh, I know great, great film but um, I, I I didn't know about the VAR thing until just before we came on here so you can elaborate on that yeah we'll have a wee chat about that as well uh, JP Jared you have seen Dead Man's Shoes have you if not we're recommending it highly I'll have to write that on the list, I think. I can't. Is it the gif that you see online all the time where there's a guy and he's like that, you're there. There's, there's a guy threatening to take a, I'm not going to spoil the story, but basically you'll see the, the, you'll see the gif gets used all the time on on, uh, on Twitter or whatever the hell it's called now. I'm not entirely sure. Um, it still appears as Twitter on my phone, JP, so I'm sticking with that. I, I don't see the gif. Just don't update it. I know my phone's so out of date. We are going to talk about all these things and more. We'll start off with VAR because it is a a massive talking point. You look at Scottish football 
And if I take the green tinted specs off for a moment and I'm looking at Scottish football, and I was looking at the charts this morning that I've been doing the rounds on Twitter, the, the differential, I mean, to go 10 plus in terms of penalties, Jared, for a team to be 10 plus is bad enough. But then when you look at it and say they've not conceded a single penalty in the league for an entire campaign, I mean, that's no luck. It's, I mean, w- with regards to the formulas in football and the data and how you analyse it, for the amount of time that that Rangers spend in the opposition, opposition's half, for example, or the amount of time that the opponent spends in Rangers' half, it's probably roughly the same as Celtic, right? Against all the other opposition in Scotland. So you're going to be um, looking at a, a chart that is going to be similar to Celtic, but it's nowhere near it. It's, it's absolutely, and it's not an anomaly, uh, Jared. So you're looking for things to improve in the game. But obviously there's been a... Uh, an announcement, uh, i seen the announcement today from Crawford Allen, remember him after Kyogo scored against Hearts, I think that was the last time I heard from him, and he's, he has announced that there's now going to be dedicated um, VAR referees, I know that, you know, VAR referees, and it's Andrew Dallas and Greg Aitken, they're going to be backed up by dedicated assistants as well, and there's also going to be a VAR independent review panel, now some people might say Jared, oh well They've obviously realised that things aren't that great and they're trying to improve on them. But this is Scottish football. Doesn't it kind of work like that, does it? Jeez, oh, not that Dallas name again. <laughs> that was my first thought. I'll look at it and go, okay, in theory, what they're talking about sounds great. But the practicalities of Scottish football, mm-hmm. I can't see this being anything more than just, you know, paper talk sort of thing to try and get people to just like back off them sort of thing and let them just do their own thing and keep going what they're doing. Because we did the same thing when VAR came in over here in the A-League. Like we brought it in, it was pretty average for the first season, but then they got a couple of the old refs who had just retired but had been former grand final refing, like refs and people with 100 A-League games and got them in. And it slowly started to evolve over year two, year three to the point where it seems to work a hell of a lot quicker than it does in Scotland at the moment. Like last year, we were getting seven, eight minutes of stoppage time at the ends of games and things like that for a simple result. So it's going to take time and it's constantly evolving, but the people you put in that box, and for me, seeing the name Dallas, it's just automatic alarm bells. Yeah, it is because, again, JP, it's Scottish football and we know the history. Um, And with regards to the implementation of VAR, it's been a, an absolute nonsense from the beginning because we've introduced it too early. We weren't ready for it. Already before the first uh, ball was kicked, they were talking about teething problems. You think, well, if you're going to implement it, make sure we're ready so there are no teething problems. And I felt it was really obvious that you implement it with people who already knew the actual system, specialists, even if it is properly independent specialists to come in and use it until such times as we are up to speed with it, JP. But we just don't do things like that in Scottish football. It's amateur hour again, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I actually had to think there when Jad was talking about <clears throat> year one, year two, year three of VAR. Like I was actually trying to think how deep into VAR are we right now, yeah. but <laughs> we're not, we didn't even have a full season of it, did we? That's, that yeah. was only October that came in last year. Um, I just, I kind of long for a, 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 a world where it doesn't exist, to be honest. I know it's never going to go away now. I think we've got, that's it forever, but it's how, it's how it's managed. And you just want to see it being used properly, fairly, 
Um, I don't want preferential treatment. I don't want other teams to get preferential tre- treatment. I think with regards to the penalty situation over yonder, I think even some of their fans find it comical how many times they get penalties. I, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's outlandish to say that. I think there's definitely a an element within their supporter like, hi, of course we got a penalty. Tav penalty, like I mean, Tav does what Tav does, you know, and you're like, I well, obviously because you get a penalty, then it's probably one of the most easiest goals you're ever going to score if you're if you practiced it enough, and he's practiced it enough. So, and then there's a criticism of him as a defender, and then it's like, well, well, look what he brings you with goals. And it's like, well, yeah, he brings you penalties. I mean, I know he has scored some pretty good free kicks, including the one against us. But the, the 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 major amount of his goal return that he scored are penalties, and it's just it's it's, it's laughable. I, I I will be interested to see how this season pans out because a, a season you could say you could turn around and say one season's an anomaly. If it goes two seasons, then <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> what what the hell is? Going? And if there's more like dubious handballs in the box and all the rest of it, it's yeah. Like, I mean, you think to some of the penalties that we had given against us last season, the, the Matt O'Reilly one where it bounces up. You know, like, where's he supposed to go? I know. I know. Even the ones against Real Madrid, like um, the one in the Bernabeu, I've, I've never actually seen that back properly, but I remember at the time thinking, what else was he supposed to do? He was kind of falling into the ball. I just, like I said, I just, I, I, I do wish that, that it wasn't there, but. And I know that there's going to be times where it benefits us with regards to offside goals and all the rest of it. There's been those tight calls, goals that we might not have had otherwise. But this additional minutes that Jared mentioned as well, I remember there was one Celtic uh, home game last season, three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, and we were still playing past five o'clock. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the kickoff had been slightly delayed and then you had however many minutes of uh, added on time. And it was just... How, how do you how are you getting to that? It's ridiculous. Um, when that's over here, we're like eleven hours different. So three PM yeah. kickoff, two AM here. So you get up middle of the night, and then the game doesn't finish till like four thirty in the morning, and you're just like I'm an absolute zombie the next day. You got no chance. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, the old saying for us was I can remember sitting at about three o'clock in the morning screaming, the fix is in. How can they give that a penalty? My wife just sends me a message from bed going, can you be quieter? <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the big, the biggest one for me last season that I keep going back to is remember the decision for the, the superb goal that Jota scored at Fur Park. Mm. And, um, you know, just the, the amateur nature of that, you know, with regards to the, the – we were looking at the decision from the other side of the stadium. How does that improve your ability to make a decision, JP? It was ridiculous. And then we were speaking to Peter Grant in, in March in Glasgow when we did the live event. He was talking to a friend of his who actually operated the mechanics and the machinery of it down south. And he was telling us that they are able to increase or, or decrease the thickness of the line before the graphic is actually looked at or shown, you know, so you could actually make it look better or worse depending on who you're favouring. And that, you know, that just comes down to an an individual's decision at that point to either make the the line thicker or thinner. And then you see that the top grade VAR equipment, you know, the actual technology that could be used. And, you know, within a, like a, a fingernail, you could tell if something was offside. We don't use that version though. 
we use the ZX Spectrum 78K version, you know, that's actually filmed from the other side of the stadium. It's absolutely tin pot. Takes 20 minutes to load with all the kind of snow on the screen. Remember that? Yeah, the sound of it, JP. And then you get R type loading error. It all breaks down and Rangers, uh -huh. get a, Rangers get a penalty. So let's get some of your thoughts in on this. Celtic follower, YouTube. If you want to comment on YouTube, if you want to comment on the stream, rather, subscribe to the YouTube channel and you'll be able to get involved. Shocking decision regarding the VAR appointments is typical of the Rangers man in charge at the SFA. Uh, but as JP says, if it continues into this season, you're just shaking your head, asking yourself, right, to the club, when are you going to take, make a stand on this afternoon to yourself, Paddy? And uh, personal Jesus. Hmm. What band do you think he likes, JP? Hail, hail, fellas. Buzzing for Saturday. Just can't get enough, perhaps. That's I remember playing, playing in Hydro in January. I remember being at Celtic Park for my first gig. It was you too. And outside, they were doing the bootleg T-shirts and posters because they were a lot cheaper. And um, there must have been another gig that week. Depeche Mode must have been playing that week because on one side of the post, it was you too. But if you flipped, it was Depeche Mode. So they were just obviously cutting costs. I was quite yeah, impressed for that. Mm, pretty impressed. Joe Hamilton, there is nothing they won't try. Imagine if we had a level playing field. Now, I was asked earlier on today, Jared, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the team for Saturday, where we are, I was asked about how it's going to go this, this season. And, you know, when I'm looking at it and I'm thinking as balanced as I possibly can be, the, it's going to come down to the, the derby games for me because there's nobody in Scotland that's going to compete with Celtic or Rangers, right? That, that's the way I'm, I'm viewing it. I think Aberdeen, going by what they did last year under Barry Robson and the fact that it's all kind of levelled off and, you know, he's strengthening and he's still looking to strengthen more that squad. And I think he's doing really well in the transfer market, you know, with regards to maybe selling a player here or there as well uh, to bolster his, his finances. I think they'll be okay, but they'll not be anywhere near. They might get a result here or there. I, I'm not pretending that we're not going to have a, a challenge here. I think we, we definitely will have a challenge. Um, so that's where you look at the fine margins of VAR, for example, decisions. Um, you know, a draw that turns into a, a win on the road when you know when your opponents are playing um, elsewhere. That, that's where that's why it becomes an issue because I think you know squad wise, the depth of the squad, the quality of the starting eleven, Celtic are far better. That's why we won the, the treble last season. But over a period of, of an entire domestic campaign, no one else is going to challenge either Celtic or Rangers next season, and that's why things like VAR becomes an issue. Yeah, I think you pretty much ticked it all off there, Paul. Like, I agree with you. Like, it's going to be when you look at the – we did our fearless predictions on our pod last night as well, and what we did was we had who's going to win the league, who's going to be the highest scorer, who's going to be the first manager sacked, a whole bunch of just silly stuff like that, right? And I'm looking at it going outside of us and then Rangers, then you're looking at, okay, last year it was Hearts in third – who else do you got? Hibbs, they're struggling with their manager at the moment. I think I don't think I think Samirin played above themselves last season. So you put them where you're going to put them. So where else is anyone really going to drop points? Mm -hmm. So what you're saying about the derbies, yeah, it's going to be spot on. And we're building a team of footballers. They're building a team of hammer throwers who are going to try and score from corners and you know milk get milk penalties and that stuff, which is where VAR comes into it. So yeah, it's going to come down to game of inches against those sort. Against them in particular, but yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's going to be a tough one. I can't can't really see where many points will be, potentially be dropped at this point in time. 
you mentioned uh, Hibs and Hearts there, JP. I, I look at these teams and I think last season uh, you could throw, and I've said this before, Dundee United into that mix, who I, I still think are one of the top, let's say, top six clubs in Scotland, even though they've been relegated. But there were basket cases, these clubs. And you look at Hibs at the moment, you think, right, is, is Johnson going to be the manager of Hibs by the end of the season? Probably not. Barry Robson seemed to settle the ship a bit at Aberdeen. The Hearts managerial situation is bizarre. The, the two guys didn't even know who the manager is, you know, because every time they get asked, they're not quite sure. And you, you think to yourself, how's that going to develop? Then you've got the kind of solid gaffers. And I'm talking about as football managers like Robinson at St Mirren. Kettlewell seems to be that type of manager at Motherwell. Malcolm McKay at Ross County, where you know what you're going to get from the guys. It's stable enough, JP. But th- these teams are not going to be taking many points. I don't think off of either Celtic or Rangers next season. I mean, if you're look, looking at the the cold, hard facts of the expenditure, look at what Rangers have spent big, you know, for them. That's, that's a big outlay on, on players that they've spent uh, money on. I mean, I don't know what the a- actual figure is for the Brazilian, you know, wonder kid Danilo. I don't know if it is six million or if it's... Uh, everyone seems to just say six million, but it's been, it's been sort of watered down a bit by... By the manager, I think so. Like the, the money that has been spent would would suggest to you that obviously Celtic and Rangers are going to be far away ahead of of, of everybody else. It's not a, it's not some sort of a genius conclusion to come to, to 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 say that. But not. But there has been times and seasons gone by where teams like Aberdeen or you know Hibs or or, or even Hearts have assembled a team good enough on a reasonably small budget that have been able to land blows on Celtic and Rangers. But right now, like you say, it doesn't seem like the the reliable, so-called reliable teams or clubs that you would expect to... I mean, we're still going to get tough games at these grounds. There's no two ways about it. I don't think we're just going to turn up and challenge teams just because we've spent more money or whatever, it doesn't work like that. But as far as a sustained run goes, I think there'll be a clear gap between Celtic and Rangers and the rest of the league by probably by Christmas. Um, I'd like to think I was wrong on that because you you do like, you, you want to be able to look at when they go away to a ground and be like, well, that's going to be a tough game up at Dingwall, um, which it normally is. And they've got, I think I've got Dingwall quite early on as well. I mean, we've got Aberdeen uh, early on as well, which I was looking at going to, but it's mission impossible to get a ticket for that. I mean, they've, they've, they've cut an allocation, so... I was going to ask you your thoughts on that, JP, because I know, you know, in the Axon team, there, there are a handful of um, the contributors who go to the away games as often as you go to the home games. Um What's your thoughts on it? Because it, it seems as though more and more clubs are doing that. They're, they're squeezing the allocation for Celtic's travelling support. I mean, it's mm. hard enough at the best of times, but it's just going to be near on impossible, isn't it? I think it, the way that it's going, yeah, I think it's uh, it's just really frustrating. It, it, it's frustrating if, if the home team aren't selling all their tickets. If they are, then you can't really argue with it. But the, the worst thing is, is when you turn up at these grounds and you've managed to get a ticket, and then you just see loads of empty seats everywhere. Like, Pataudry's full a week on Sunday and rocking, then absolutely fair play that you cannot argue with that. But if it's just a case of, 
shuffling the pack and just making sure that we haven't got as many tickets as we used to have to dilute some sort of atmosphere or just to just to sort of prove a point. I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, like, I saw um, Bur- Alan Burrows, my old pal, mm-hmm. Alan Burrows, um, tweeting about how or posting about how they'd got an increase in their allocation for Livingston away. The Aberdeen right. support had gotten an increase in allocation. So they'd obviously pushed for more tickets from Livingston and got more tickets. So that's exactly what Celtic were doing at Motherwell when we were looking for more tickets. And that's exactly what Celtic do. Any ground they go to, uh, look, look for as many tickets as they can get because they know that they've got the demand there from the fans and they want to you know, give give as many people that support Celtic the opportunity to go and support Celtic at whatever ground it is. So, um, yeah, it's it's probably going to go that way. Um, and like I said, if it, if it is the case that the, the home clubs are selling out their stadium and they don't need us, fine. But to have empty seats is absolutely, I think it's madness. Uh, I'll, I'll never understand the logic behind it. I know. That's when it becomes madness, you know, and, and uh, also we were talking to uh, Liam just the other week there in relation to that and the kind of knock-on effect of um, a streaming service because it's going to become more and more difficult whereby you're playing away, you know, and then there's all these different broadcast broadcasters available. We've spoken about this before, the amount of different platforms you need to subscribe to to watch games that you, if you're not going to go to away games, it's going to be an issue. Fourteen ninety nine came out of my account the other day for Viaplay, and I, I forgot I would even subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've not watched Viaplay at all. I mean, I'll maybe watch it if Celtic are in. Well, I'll hopefully get a ticket for the, the Kilmarnock Cup game, and that would probably be on Viaplay. Um, I would imagine Kilmarnock will give us for that game because it's the cup. They'll give us two stands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be I'd be shocked if they didn't. Um, so I mean, I have, I, that's fourteen ninety nine out the out the window for Viaplay, and I'm not really getting anything for it. <laughs> no, no benefit. I know. And then you go through the season, and often you've got to buy games on a one off basis. You know, I've I've mm. bought games on Aberdeen TV, Saint Mirren TV, Hibs TV, and you just you've got to do it because you want to cover the game, of course. So yeah, that that there's a knock on effect as well. Patrick Harold, afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind. Um and it's always great to see you getting involved. Nine hundred strong here on this Thursday afternoon. Michael Ross can't see us buying another central midfielder. That leads us to two players. Uh the first one you've already mentioned, JP Quan, um, but also home. Both holding midfielders. Um I'll throw this one to you first, Jared. I mean, obviously, I've seen as much as anybody else in the Celtic jersey, uh, and and I was really impressed with home. I thought he played really well. I've got to say, and I'm not writing him off, because we do give players a chance. We're still looking at Burnaby if the jury's out. You know, we're not writing him off. But Quan looked completely out of his depth the other night, I thought. You know, every single time he passed the ball, it went, you know, it didn't go to a Celtic player. There was one occasion where it went right out of the park, and I'm looking at the, the sponsorship boards, the advertising boards, thinking, did he think that was a Celtic player? You know how that sometimes happens and something moves and you think it's a player? It just it just kicked it out of the park. Wasn't his best night, um, not writing him off, but in terms of strengthening midfield, we've already done that. We've already brought two players in. I'll look at it and go, Quan, I think we've got to give him the time. It's I, look, I, I always say this, but it's like 
Imagine if we had social media and the way people are so quick to comment and judge a player now when Henrik Larsson started at the club. I'm not comparing him to Henrik. I'm just saying that sort of situation. Like Quan has jumped on a plane from Korea from halfway around the world, has been with the club for what, two weeks or something like that. It's his second game in where he's trying to get used to his teammates, a new way of doing it. People speaking in, in English all the time instead of Korean. There's that whole culture shock for him. It's going to take him some time to settle in. He's probably still living in a hotel. Same with Yang. Mm -hmm. So we've got to give the guy with the human element, we've got to give him a bit of time to settle into town before he'll get settled and do his best work on the pitch. So for me, I think that's a big factor in it. At the same time, I think bringing in Quan and home is it's going to be an easier adjustment for home coming from Scandinavia over to Norway, over to Scotland, similar climate, similar style of football, who, who should be one that's good to go straight away? And we saw that on Tuesday. I think what we finally done is not just with Moy moving on, but Moy was like a covering sort of player with Rogic moving on and Biton moving on where he could cover both the 10, the mm -hmm. 8 and the 6 position. I think what we've done now is we split it more. So you've got Quan who's to cover the 6 position more, which will free Kalmak up to push forward into an 8 a bit more. And then you've got home there who's probably more of an eight in our system who can also play a bit of 10 because when, when you've seen him, he is going forward with the ball as well. But if we need him, he can drop back. He's very similar to Kalmak in that regard. So I think we've um, bringing these two in in particular. We've kind of covered those departures from the end of Ange's first season with Bitton out and Rogic out, which we didn't quite address for squad depth purposes last season as well. Mm -hmm. That's just my my thoughts on it. I reckon they both come good. Yeah, you're right. And I think also Moy probably surprised a lot of us. You know, like you say, he was covering the two positions and we probably didn't have to bring anyone in until this pre-season and we've done it. Been very impressed with home. But like you say, Scandinavian players, JP, certainly at Celtic and, and elsewhere in Scottish football, they do seem to adapt very quickly. Um, and of, of course, the other player, JP, is Yang. And again, I'm not going to get too excited about a player and I'm not going to get too disappointed about anyone at this stage. But Yang did look very good the other night. Um, there was a couple of passages of play that he was involved in. You think to yourself, right, you're not going to get a, a jersey against Ross County, for example, but I can see him working his way into the side a bit like Tilio as well and home throughout the season. Um, do you agree or disagree with any of the, any of the, um, the views on the new players, the four new players, before we get to the centre-half, JP? No, I'm just thinking about the... I mean, I, I hadn't really... I could have stayed away from... Uh, Twitter is a bit more these days. I just, the way that it's changing, it's, I mean, it, it was always a bit of a kind of weird place anyway, but like the way that it's changing, I'm not exactly comfortable about even being on it anymore, really, to be honest. But um, I have, if there was a big barrage against Quan from the other night, which I fully expected there to be, I mean, if, if Joe Hart gets it as tight as he gets it, then, <laughs> then I wouldn't have expected an element of the online Celtic support to have given Quan anything other than both barrels from the other night. But there was an element, a large element of the Celtic support that had it in for Moy after the St Mirren game. And he was labelled a joke and everything else and then went on to become an integral, crucial member of the treble winning side from last season. So... Um, I think, like Jared says, there's a lot, there's a lot has gone on in that guy's life in the last few weeks, and to 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 not give him the benefit of the doubt for uh, you know is the start of his Celtic career 
And home, yeah, I thought home did look good. And right enough, he would probably find it easier to settle into Scottish football, as has many of his predecessors um, that have come before him. You know, guys like V. Korst, Reaper, or Pals. <laughs> oh, I. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke. I? I'm in no way suggesting that I'm friends with Martin V. Korst or Matt Reaper. Although I did eat them and say I write to them after. It did. They, they shouted over JP how's it going, mate? Reset. What was that, Jared? And they just yeah, and then they went over and gave him a cuddle and everything. Ah, and the cocks, man. It's how it is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Hey, bought your snake bite. No, that that's it, JP. And and do you know what we do because you know Jared makes the point there. Imagine that the the Twitter meltdown. Um, I, I've said it a few times with regards to the centenary season during pre-season, where our um, double-winning team was bolstered by the signing of two goalkeepers, Alan Ruff and Ian Andrews. That, that is how we bolstered the squad after we won the double. Uh, you know, In the pre-season after we won the European Cup, we signed a junior player and we signed a right-back, bringing him out of retirement because he had been written off due to a knee injury. I mean, you imagine the reaction to that. But obviously we are where we are in relation to the... Uh, the age in which we live and the, and the age of social media and it's instant gratification and a demand as well for, you know, big name players, high profile players have got to be signed. It doesn't always work. And I think that uh, the Ayeti and Barkas examples are ones that we need to keep going back to. I'm going to be asking you guys how we're going to line up in your view uh, on Saturday as well. Um, the Urban Culture, good day to friend and foe alike. I like that. Nice and positive. A lot of awkward shifts this week, so missing my daily fix of Axon. Well, you're welcome back to it. And David Boyle, uh, VAR needs independent refs outside of Scotland. The club is failing on this by not calling it out. And the Rangers non-penalty scandal. Th- this is the thing. Sometimes um, y- you are looking for the, the club to be vocal about it. And then eventually, sometimes at one of the fans' forums, they'll say, listen, we're in dialogue constantly about this, but we're just not making it public and it's all happening behind the scenes. So that might be happening at this moment in time. Um, we'll run through the defence first. JP, give me your, your back five and why. Um, is, if you throw any spanners in there or any uh, unusual uh, decisions, let us know why. What's your back five against Ross County? Uh, heart and goal. I just think it was weird that he didn't play any part in the yeah. game on Tuesday night. I don't, I don't really know why that was. Maybe Rogers was protecting him in a way, or, or, or alternatively going, well, these are your options if we don't play Joe Hart. <laughs> um, so here's like half one and half Absolutely. two of, of your options, and maybe just appreciate this guy a bit more because I feel like I'm standing on my own sometimes appreciating Joe Hart and it. it I don't mean like physically at the game. I just mean, you read comments. There was a guy the other week in the YouTube comments on, on, our, on our show a couple of weeks ago sort of saying he'll cost us in Europe. And I kind of went back and went, right, if we're in December and Hart's been responsible for a series of gaffes that have led to us exiting the Champions League uh, or whatever, then fine, I'll stand back and applaud you for your uh, soothsaying wisdom. But um, I, I just don't know why there's such a vendetta against the guy. It's like no acknowledgement of what he's done for us. No acknowledgement of the success that he's provided in the last two years. It's just immediate, oh no, mistake, get rid of him. He's done. So anyway, heart and goals, Taylor at left back, Ralston at right back, purely because he's back and he's available and he's a right back. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather see a right back start for Celtic than someone, you know, square peg in a round hole. Um, 
in the centre half pairing of Starfelt and Carter Vickers. I just don't see how, again, if both of them are fit, why would you not start a, a central defensive pairing that haven't lost a league game together? So I totally agree with that. I mean, I'm not comparing them to Baresi or Maldini, but remember the record they had at AC Milan, JP. Mm. Unbelievable over a period of God knows how many years, like four domestic games. Somebody will come in in the co- co- uh, comments and, and keep me right on that. But yeah, I have just compared Staffelt and Carter Vickers to Maldini and Baresi. If you want to quote me on that, <laughs> I haven't really. Jared, um, I actually agree with JP. Um, I think there are some options and there's some questions. And some people in the comments, and, and indeed yourself, might say, well, Noroski for Staffelt or Bernabe for Taylor uh, or indeed um, Awata for Ralston. I agree with the back five that JP's given. What's your thoughts on it? Exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have to have an argument here at the right back position. But for me, I think realistically, Ralston had a bit of a, uh, a rough season last year with injury and a few other things. With Johnson being out, it's a good chance for him to get out there, play, get a run of games early in the season and show everyone how good a right back he actually is. And it also allows us, uh, while the transfer windows open, that if we're struggling or if something happens and we do need to strengthen it, we've still got time to assess that position again if we need to. But that back five is spot on for me with what we currently have. What you were saying about Hart, though, JP, is I don't think we need to replace him straight away. I wanted someone to come in and challenge him for his jersey, yeah. which we said early on. Totally, yeah. It's not – and whether that's someone who's going to come in and – like people are talking about Livakovic or something like that who come in and be the number one, that's going to be crazy on his wages – or I've said before, Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United, for instance, would be a guy to come in and challenge him and then also develop under Stevie Woods and pick Joe Hart's brain for a year to eventually take the number one off him next season. Mm-hmm. There's different ways you can attack it. So I'm not really fussed per se if Joe Hart is actual starter. It's more for me if something was to happen to him and we don't strengthen it, who mm-hmm. do we go to? Because I wouldn't want Bain or Segrist. Segrist looks like he's I really wouldn't want Bain or Segres having a start in Europe or in a or in a derby. But for this weekend's game, that back five that JP said spot on. I agree with that. I mean, the other thing, of course, is there's some chat around Starfield, JP, whether or not he's going to be at Celtic. Um, he's been linked to a couple of clubs. Some people might just be putting two and two together because his um, significant other has moved to Portugal, so he's getting linked to Portuguese clubs. But I would hate to see us bringing in Novoski and I, I look at him and think, right, we're strength, we really are strengthening in that area there for us to lose somebody like Starfield. I want to keep both of the, those players and I want that challenge to be ongoing throughout the season. You know, the minute someone slips up, you've got a really strong contender for the jersey just behind him, breathing down his neck. Yeah, I wouldn't want Starfield to go unless he wants to go himself. Like, if, if, if it's a case of whether it is Portugal or I know he's been linked back to Russia as well. I don't know why you would want to go there, but um, I, I, if, he, if, he, if there is a big part of Starfield that doesn't want to be a Celtic anymore, then, yeah, I think it would, be, it would make sense to sell him and cash in. But I, I've not seen or heard anything to say that he doesn't want to be at Celtic. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if he, if he didn't want to be there, um, given what we've got ahead of us. We've got Champions League again. Um, he didn't really get a crack, if I remember rightly. Did he? Did, did Starfield even play in the Champions League last season? 
I was I was thinking he played against Real Madrid away, JP, but he did certainly miss. He, he missed most of the games, yeah. We, we never ever had Carfell, Carfell, Starfell and Carter Vickers um, as a centre-half pair in, in the Champions League. I, I certainly don't remember it because Jens played most of the games, didn't he? And he did, I Welsh as well. Was it not Jens and Welsh against Real Madrid at home? Dear, I mean, that's, that's bonkers. That is it's bonkers. mad, isn't it? You were we're talking about, you know, signings and all the rest of it. Um, isn't it interesting that it was Rogers that signed Henry? When you look at the career, the bizarrely like good path that Henry's been on since he left Celtic, it's it's astonishing. And by the way, I'm not saying we were wrong to let him go because we weren't. You know, it didn't work out. But the, I think it's another reminder, JP, that these guys are not bad footballers. It's just not working out at Celtic, you know, and, and it goes, and by the way, I know they're throwing money like confetti at the moment, but 6.9 million was his latest transfer fee to go over and join Stevie Gerrard over in Saudi. It, it is incredible, and we do talk about footballers like they're commodity, you know, but they're all <laughs> extremely talented players. I think Jens showed that as well when mm-hmm. we cut his loan deal short as well. And, and remember, he uh, gave Ralston a five-year contract as well, mm-hmm. the current manager. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he got that year extension. Did he not? Or did he get a year or did he get two years under? Like, what is he? What's his current contract situation? Because I remember he got this, he got a deal at the same time as Lee Griffiths. Lee Griffiths got a, Lee Griffiths got a one year and Ralston got a new deal at that exact same time. Um, but I know, I, I think uh, I think that would be my, 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 back, my back five midfield. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be thinking too much with that either. Well, one final question before we get to the midfield, JP, is the Kieran Tierney thing that doesn't seem to be going away. Um, we wrote it off a few weeks ago on, on Axon, thinking it was just paper talk. Then Brennan Rogers actually name dropped him uh, or was asked about him and spoke about him in a in a presser, and he and he wasn't willing to write it off. I mean, in terms of a left back, if, I, if as much as I love Kieran Tierney, I'd love to see him. I know you've appeared in a book with him, which is behind you on your shirt. <laughs> um, as much as I would love to see him back in the hoops, uh, it seems short-termism for me. I just don't think we could do that deal, so why bring him back, you know? Surely our, our scouting team, our recruitment team can find a 21 to 23-year-old who we can sign. Now, the head would suggest that I would agree with you on that, but <laughs> sometimes the heart rolls the head and I, I would I would absolutely love to see him back. I know it, it totally is short-termism. It doesn't make any financial sense um, to basically pay a really, really big wage for somebody that's only going to be there a year max. Um, and it would... Would it be more for the player or would it be more for, for Celtic? Who, who's, who's winning most out of that uh, marriage... Kieran Tierney to get regular football but then the bonus is that if Kieran Tierney plays regular football and plays as good as he can do we're going to benefit from that massively it's mm. just about his injury record isn't great though and and some people will say well that's ultimately that's our fault for pushing him too hard it might be it might also be that he just has that some players just don't have that ability to play consistently over that period of time and, and, and whatnot. I think he's missed the equivalent of an entire season since he's been down there. I, I, I think that's, the, I think I read that. I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, just if you add all his injuries up. So I, I fully fit Kieran Tierney for a, for a whole season on loan is not something I would uh, be 
upset about <laughs> quite the opposite. <laughs> but I do, I do get that it doesn't make any sense, and we should be looking to to, to our scouting network to find somebody that's. But you don't, you can't find a Kieran Tierney, somebody who, despite what anybody says, is a genuine fan of Celtic. There's no two ways about it. That's that's the bit. That's the bit that's not going to appear on the supercomputer with all the data analysis, is it? That yeah. that extra wee bit, JP, you're right, you're spot on. Um, I do think back to when Brendan was here first time in Jared, there was a lot of loan signings. Remember Charlie Musonda, Timo Weir, uh, Benkovic, Oli Burke, my favourite. There was oh. a lot of there was a lot of loans and, and I would just see it as a good bit of a backward step in terms of all the good work we've done with the recruitment team. Yeah, after all great. I don't really think there's any point getting a loan developing someone else's player unless there's a um option to buy them at the end of it with a guaranteed fee like the Jota and the Carter Vickers deals. Like, mm. There's no point bringing anyone on loaning. That's the case. I started laughing as soon as KT was brought up because I was like, okay, boom, match, kerosene. Let's see the comment section light up. I was just like <laughs> having a laugh and waiting for that. But um, you're talking about looking at for like a left back, 21, 23, whatever. A guy I've mentioned a few times who's currently at Empoli is um, – Liberto Cacciacci is a New Zealand left back. Unreal. Closest thing in terms of playing style to KT that I've seen come out of the A-League. Like come from Wellington Phoenix and now he's over in um in Italy. But that's the sort of player I'd be looking for rather than, you know, retreads with bringing KT back. The sensible the sensible voice is spoken. I know, I know. But by the way, we have uh, set fire to the comment section. We're not suggesting he comes back. It was Brendan Rodgers that spoke about him. Um, midfield, you, you said, JP, in relation to not making many changes. I tend to agree with that. I don't think Hattati's had a brilliant pre-season. I'm not ready to drop him, you know, for the first game against Ross County. Um, so for me, it's O'Reilly, Hattati, McGregor. I, I'm pretty sure that that is our strongest three and I wouldn't change it for this game unless that bad form continues and then you start looking at who you can replace them with. People have started to say that Hitati, I read online comments, people saying, oh, he didn't celebrate when he scored, He doesn't. his body language isn't great, he didn't come out for the the walk around with the team at the end of the game. Um, I didn't even notice if he was there or not. I mean, I wasn't paying so so close attention as to everybody who was there. I was mainly looking at James Forrest and applauding him. Aye. But, um, I mean, I think if if you want to look at Hitati's goal and his lack of celebration, I did see that when Celtic showed the unique angle of the goals. I saw that he didn't really celebrate the goal, but, I mean, it was an equaliser and he was at fault for the opening goal. So mm-hmm. maybe he felt a little bit sheepish with regards to milking it to be like oh well um, <laughs> it was kind of my fault for the first goal so I've just I've just evened it up there with that goal I'll kind of I'll kind of you know just trudge back to the halfway line and we'll start again so I don't know it, it, it seems a little bit much to suggest that he's not happy and wants away and all this sort of stuff based on that I mean it's a little bit flimsy as an argument but I know we could say that about the huddle, though. We could say, oh, he doesn't join in the huddle, but he's never joined in the huddle, really. You know, mm. he's always kind of stood up and he's not doing it for the reasons that some others don't join huddles, you know. It's just, ah. that's, that's the way Rio rolls. Um, Jad, what about yourself in the midfield? Has Turnbull done enough or has he just basically reminded Rogers, I'm here and I'm a talented player? Again, Rogers spoke about him during the week. I think it's the the thing for me is with Turnbull, he's a next man up sort of thing. Like, 
I don't think was the joke Roglic only had one long and he played for 60 minutes and then just ran out of breath. Turnbull's one I can't I don't think he's up to being able to play 90 minutes, but we don't really need that. But it's good to have that option. I think you'd go with O'Reilly, McGregor and Hatade in the midfield. And then if one of them's off the boil, it's good to have the option of, you know, you can bring Turnbull on, you can bring mm-hmm. home on. You've got options there, which is good. So, yeah, I just think the whole lack of celebration thing, Turnbull doesn't really celebrate either when he scores. Rogic never really used to celebrate except for when he, you know, makes invincible trebles and pulls his shirt and runs to the crowd. But the rest of the time, he'd just be like a hand up, high five, Jamesy, and that'd be about it. So certain players, different personality types. Like I look at body language experts and that sort of stuff, and I just laugh and go, yeah, whatever. That's your opinion. <laughs> Everyone's got one. Exactly. What what uh, direction was his ice pointing in after that goal will tell you whether or not he's going to be at the club next month. I'm pretty confident, JP, in relation to our top six or front six. You know, I also think, and you might disagree, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. It's a badder Kyogo Maeda, and that's how we start against Ross County at this moment in time. I nearly went. Where's Jota? <laughs> what about Jota? Sadly, no, no longer with us. No. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's. I think. The, the the chat out of the, the camp is that Brendan Rodgers definitely likes Abada. I mean, the little bits and bobs you've heard him say and the, the fact that the cold cold water seems to have been poured on any transfer talk of him leaving, which which I'm glad about as well because it, it does feel like Brendan Rodgers could develop him further and, and really bring his game on uh, to another level. And Maeda is one of the first names in the team sheet for me every week. I, I don't, there's no, no, no two ways about it. Um, and you're not going to not play your top goal scorer <laughs> from the last two seasons, are you? So uh, that, that front three picks itself. Um, just well, I remember as well, I, I know you spoke about Brendan Rodgers saying about his re- reaction from the fans. Like, mm. there's no, I, I mean, I got there. I can't remember what, I think I got there maybe five minutes before kickoff on Tuesday. So if there was any introduction before that, I didn't see it. Like, I don't know if the announcer actually said, let's welcome back manager Brendan Rodgers, to which point he got to take the applause. I don't know if that happened. Um, I don't know if that was maybe just being shelved for Saturday because Tuesday was about James Forrest. It wasn't about yeah. Brendan Rodgers, so... Maybe that'll happen on on Saturday, and he'll get uh, a, a proper a proper welcome back, a proper introduction. Um, hopefully, from everyone in the ground. Um, I would I would hate to think. I, I remember that Fergus McCann moment, and I'll, I'll never ever ever forget that because it was so so unnecessary, so unpleasant. It was. I'm sh- surely to God, there's guys and girls now that regret booing Fergus McCann on, on flag day of all days. I know, like, I know. I've only ever spoken to one person, JP, who has admitted that they booed. I've only spoken to one. Uh, I nearly ended up in a fight that day. I was 18 years old and I nearly ended up in a fight with a guy who was probably twice my age. And I just was going mental at the fact that they were like open with people in my stand. It was my first game as a season ticket holder uh, in the Jockstein stand. And there's people around about me booing like children. Um, booing a guy who had brought us back from the brink and given us a brand new stadium and a league title when we first for the first time in ten years. So 
there was no way I was going to just sort of stand by and be like, ah, oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> again, that was again that was talking about spending money and, and bringing in players and giving new contracts. And you know, again, no social media. Thank God for that, Jared. Um, do you disagree or agree uh, with regards to the top three up up top, Jared? Yeah, it takes self-explanatory. Spot yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Abada, you know, you lose Jota. Okay, cool. So Abada's next man up because he was the guy playing on the right so that he could get a game. Mm-hmm. So off we go. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. And again, a wee bit like Turnbull and home, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing appearances from O and Yang and Novroki if you get an opportunity to bring these guys on. Um, but yeah, that's my strongest 11. Do you agree or disagree? Let us know in the comments field underneath. A few comments before we wind up. Alan Woods, uh, the 5-1 defeat to Arsenal in a bounce game. I remember that because it was the week before the Tommy Burns testimonial. I think it was the week before the, the Tommy game, which I went to, which was my first game, and they beat us 5-1. I remember that. My, my cousin took photographs of it, which I put up on social media. It Charlie, because Arsenal were wearing their yellow, their classic Adidas yellow kit with the JVC. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie had this horrendous kind of mullet going on. I mean, it was a bit frizzy that day. John Bosas, home in Nuroki, will be regulars within a few months. They, they've said they look like they've got the fibre for that, but you just never know. Listen, seeing about a month's time, you might be saying, what a player Quan is. Didn't rate him at first, but what a player he is. Tony Cassidy. Um, Quan needs our backing, that's all. Hope the young lad comes good. Absolutely. And Kieran points out, Rio said he stands in the huddle so he can see the person the person speaking's face. The boy is learning English, never mind Glaswegian. And Jim Conlon, Hatati will be good come Saturday. Time to let him get back to playing as he can. It could well be that, you know what? It's just a friendly. Why Why would I celebrate? It's just a friendly. You know, it's a bounce game. Uh, that could well be the reason. Thanks, oh, everybody. Like to, like to Burnaby. <laughs> he went mental oh, when he scored. <laughs> I love that. I love no, that. Absolutely. It was a great oh, it was tremendous. And, and when you watch it again and just focus on his movement, JP, it's superb. He was so focused and mm. just getting through that gap. And the, the, the passage you play with the one-touch football was brilliant to watch. And again, big credit to O for lining up uh, Turnbull. I thought that was a great pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean... There's a there's an element of instinctiveness to that uh, that you know you just can't buy it to know that that player is going to be you know mm. making that run superb. Um, so thanks everybody for getting involved. About a thousand strong. I'm away to visit my friends at Cathkin Park after this, and um, I'm sure JP you'll be busy with your your job your day job. And Jared, tell us where we can buy that brilliant flag. I've seen that you've got some flags available. Yeah, we've got a got a few for sale. So. Um, you can get a DM to through to us on Twitter or X, whatever it's called, or on threads at Celtic Down, Instagram, the same deal, or an email to admin at CelticDownUnder.com and I will sort it all out for you. Superb. Maybe we should buy a big batch and start bringing them to our events as well, Jared. So people- send you over a bunch of them for that. Yeah, it actually works. Yeah. That weird time. Brilliant. Thank you all for getting involved. It's always an absolute pleasure. And thank you once again to JP Mason and Jared Hill for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Social Podcast Network.